Shkolim daf yud zayin. We are starting three lines from the bottom of test zayin on bays. Yesterday we learned that in the base Midrash there were 13 different hishtachavoyes bowing down that they did when they passed specific spots in the base Midrash. And Rav Gamliel and Rav Chanino, Skana Kayim's households, they would also bow at the deer ha'etzim. So our mission starts and says, Heichen hoi hishtachavoyes ha'elo, where were these hishtachavoyes? And we say, Abab b'safin, there were four on the north, Abab b'darim, four on the south, Shalosh b'mizrach, three on the east, Ubez b'mayev, and two on the west. Connect and they were connected the 13 different gates that led into the Azarah that if you go and you want to know which gates these were on the south side when you go closer to the Mayer side which means starting from the back of the base of Mikdash Shara Elyon there was one gate called the Shara Elyon then there was a Shara Hadelic where that was near the Dere Eitzim that was where they got the firewood Shara Bechorus the Shara where they brought the Bechorus the Kabonis that were Bechorus for the Kainim and Shara Mayim that was like the Gemara says right now Velam why was it called the gate of the water? That's the gate that they brought the water through at the time of Nisachamayim every single sukkah. And we turn to Yitzayim and Aleph. For Blesben Yaakov, remember Blesben Yaakov gives a different reason. That in that gate, the water will start flowing out and trickling out during the time of Mashiach. And we know, as we'll see in the Gemara in further detail, that there will be a stream that will start flowing flowing out from that point of the Sharmayim, and the source of this stream will be from the threshold of the Sharmayim. The Gemara continues, Lum Masam, and on the other side of the base of Bidush, Bitsaf and Smucham Bamayim, what were the gates on the north side starting from the west side? Shaykhanya, that was the Shaykhanya, which we'll explain in a moment. Shah Kavan, the Shah where they brought the Kabanas to, Shah Nashim, the Shah where the women came into, Shah Shir, and the Shah that they brought the Kli Shir through. Why was that gate called Shaykhanya? Because Yechonia eventually went out to Gullus through that gate. Shabbat in the east, Shabbat you had the Shabbat Nikra, and there were two small doors which were on the right and left of the Shabbat Nikra, as we all know from the pictures. One was on the right side, and one was on its left side. So therefore, there were three on the Mizrach side, and as we said in the Mishnah, there were two on the west side. These did not have a name, and the reason why they didn't have a name was because these gates were on the Meyer side, and between the Meyer side of the base of Middash and the actual Kaisal of the Harabayas, which we know as the Kaisal Mairavi, there was only a very small area of about 11 Amis, and therefore, since it was a small area, no one really frequented and went through these gates, and that's why we didn't have a name for these gates. Zotkimar, Masis and Abi ben Yechran, our mission is going according to Sheet of Abi ben Yechran, the Amma Kenegad Yigimusharim, that he says the reason why we had 13 Hishtachavayas was Kenegad the 13 gates. Brahm, Kerabanan, but according to Rabbanan, Shivasharim Hayba Azar. There were only seven gates in Azar, and therefore you can't say that the thirteen ishtachavayis were connected the gates. So therefore, I'll die to the rabbanon, quint rabbanon, hechanan ishtachavayis halalu. Where were these ishtachavayis? Kaita tinim taman, just like we learned over there. You give a pirtzis hayubay. As we know, surrounding the actual base of Migdash and all the Azars, there was an area called the Chael, and that area was an area that Bnei Yisrael were allowed to go in. However, Goyim were not allowed to go to, and that area was surrounded by a fence called the Sarig. And therefore, when the Goyim came into the base of by the time of the Greeks, they actually breached those walls. So with 13 breaches that the Yavana made, Shepard Samachi Yavan, the Khazwagadim de Khashmai, and then when the Khashmai won, they went and we established and rebuilt those walls. The Ghazu connected the Yumashakhavais, and they were Gaza connected those breaches, 13 Ishtachavais. And the Gemara now continues to discuss the stream that we spoke about in our Mishnah. And the Gemara says and brings a Pasuk from Zachaiq. It says in the Pasuk, Vahibayamahu, Yetsu Mayim Chaim Mushlaim, and that day a Mayim Chaim, a stream of 
water that was flowing will come out of Yishlaim. Tani, we learned, that this stream will start from the Kaddish Kedashim and go until the Prechis of the Kaddish Kedashim, which separated between the Kaddish Kedashim and the Heichel, the Kaddish. And that stream will start out as a very narrow trickle of water and it'll be so small that it'll be like the horns of snails. Now, from the point of the Prechis until the Mizbechis of, it would be Kekanich HaGov, it will be like the horns of a grasshopper, which is again very narrow. From the Mizbechis of until the Azaris, it will be like the chut, one of the loom chutim, which is also narrow. From the Azaris until the threshold of the base of Middash, from the opening on the Mizuch side, it will be a little thicker, like the chut of the loom, which is called the Arav. From that point onwards, like the opening and the mouth of a jug or a flask. And the Gemara continues with the Pasuk in Yecheskel. Cheskel said in Nebuah that water was slowly trickling from the right side of the base of Mikdash, and when the person led him out, he was walking from the west towards the east, and he had some sort of a measuring stick in his hand, he was able to measure a thousand amas, and I was in the water up to my ankles. At Kasula, that point, it was only up to my ankles. Then, at that point, we measured another thousand amas, and then we realized that I was already into water that was up to my knees. And then we measured another thousand amas, and at that point, I was already up to my waist in water. From that point out, lava, it was impossible to cross over that because it was so deep and so strong. And even large ships could not go across that water. How do we know that there will be a time where even large ships will not be able to pass through the stream? As the Pazak says, but it says, even strong and very large. Um, ships will not be able to pass through, which is a Nevuah that Yeshaya was saying about Yishlaim. And the Gemara asked me, Ma, why will it be so hard to pass through? That the reason why it will be so strong, because the water will be so strong that you can't even swim in it. And In our land, in our town, we call someone who's a swimmer, they call him a Shechuna. So you see, the Lush of Sachu refers to swimming. That Hashem will stretch out his hands to destroy Mayav as just like a swimmer stretches out their hands in order to swim. And the Gemara continues, and the Gears of the is Mao Mesahu. Again, we're asking, what does the word Mesahu mean? And we bring another shot. That's going to be the water that everyone's going to be speaking about in the entire world because it will be so strong and such powerful water that it'll be something that will be an amazement to the world. That in the time of Mashiach, there will be this new spring that opens up at the base of it and for the people that dwell in Shlaim, for the Khatas and for Nida. So what does it mean? From the house of David, which David lived around Yushlaim, and until the point where the people lived themselves, the regular people lived, that water will be kosher, both for Nida to go in for Mikvah and for the Khatas, which is referring to the Mechatas of the Paraduma, to use as the Mayim Chaim that you needed for the Mechatas. From that point onwards, May to the same, they already mixed up waters, and therefore, since they're mixed between regular spring water and rainwater, therefore, they're still kashvanida, but they're not flowing water, not spring water, and they're not mayim chaim, and you can't use it anymore for the mayim of the paraduma. Our blood says, no, as we said, from that point out onwards, they're waters that comes from the slopes, and we know in the Gemara and Tyrus it says that these 
mayim are puzzle also a mikveh, and therefore psulim lenida ulechatas. It's puzzle both for nida and to be used for the water for the paraduma. Except it says in the pasuk, "Vayoyim elayim mayim ha'ela yoytzim alaglula hakadmoina." That's talking in Yechasko and talking about these great waters that could be in Shlaim, and says the waters will go out to the gull. Zayam shel samchid is referring to the yam of samchid. That will be this border. The yardu ala rava. It will also go down to the rava. Zayam shel tveri. It's referring to going down to the tveri. Uboam ayama. And then it'll come to the yam. Referring to zayam melech. Referring to the yam melech. El ayama mutzayim. And this going zayam agadol. This is going back to the great sea, which is of course the Mediterranean. Now, of course, good. This we're giving you four different areas of Eretz Yisrael where this river or this now stream or ocean maybe will be placed during the time of Mashiach. Why was that Yam called Mitzrayim? The reason why it was called the Yam HaMitzrayim, which referring to the Mediterranean, is because it was twice that it overflowed and it went and destroyed people. One is in the time of Dar Enish, where the Ebed of Hizara, and a third of the world was destroyed, and once in the Dar Flaga that we all know. In the name of Hanina, says, and the first time during the time of Dar Enish, it went to Kabriya, and in Bishnia, and the second time during the Dar Flaga, it went and overflowed Akipa Babriya until the point of the coast of Babriya. However, he says, by the Dar Enish, it went to Babriya, it went further until Akri and Yafri. Now we bring a passage, until here, you should go and you shouldn't go past it. You should go until Akri, but not go further. And over here, your waves should go and be going with your strength. That until Yafri, the word Upai, we use as a play on words, and it sounds like Ad Yafai, you should go and show your glory and show your strength. And the Gemara continues, We understand why this water and this new spring had to go out and go to the Mediterranean and to the Yam Why? In order to make it sweeter because they're salty and you needed more sweet water. But why did we have to have this water flowing into Tveria and to Yam which are not salt water oceans or rivers, they're actually sweet water and therefore what's the point? The Gemara says, Lurabis to Gossam. The reason was to increase the dogim that were in these yamas because this special water was able to make it be paru viravu more. It says in the Pasuk, Lamina Tia de Gossam, that it'll have Lamina Minim Tia de Gossam. There'll be many, many species that will grow at that point because of this new water that will come out of the area of the base of Middash and will flow into these seas. The Gemara continues. Tani, we learned. One time I went to Tzayden that and they brought in front of me more than 300 portions of different types of dogim on one platter, on one plate. And therefore you see how many different minim that there are even nowadays. In those days, coming in Mashiach, we will have many, many more species. That the waters will become nirpu, which means aloshim that become healed, which means that from salt, it turn sweet and the Pasuk then says that they will not become sweet and they will be salt water. So at the beginning it says it will become sweet and and then you say that afterwards the water will not become sweet so what's going on it's a stira. The Gemara says no there is a place that's called and actually that place will stay salty forever and that will be the area where since there won't be any other salty areas this will be the area that we produce salt and that's why the Pasuk says 
Malchli Tanu. That area will be for us to use for salt. And the Gemara continues from the Pasuk in the discussing this stream that was such a great stream along that river along that stream will actually start growing great trees and all those trees will have all types of food and the leaves will not wither and the fruits will never cease they will always have fruits on them because every single month it will grow a new crop so the Gebur explains Tani we learned nowadays in order to grow grain it takes six months and in order for an elon to produce fruits it takes 12 months I've lost love it but in those days it lost love in the future the tool actually come out in one month in the same ratio of two to one and that's why it says in the Pasuk every two months you'll have new elonis and if it will take an elon two months then based on the ratio then half the time it will take four tfua and therefore tfua will only take one month to grow it'll come out that the food that will grain will actually grow in 15 days and the Elon based on the 2 to 1 ratio will bring out new fruits every single month now why do I have to say this because we know during the time of Yael there was a terrible hunger and a terrible drought and during that time after they there actually came a lot of rain that started even though it's not normal for there to be any rain in Eretz Yisrael at Chaydish Nisan. However, within 15 days, there was so much rain that all of the tour was able to grow in 15 days and they actually brought the Eimah on Tazayin Nisan in its proper time. So you see from there that it took 15 days to grow Tvua and therefore, the can't be less than that nays and therefore it has to be that the Tvua will grow to 15 days and the Elon is therefore in a 2 to 1 ratio will take a month. And the Gemara asks, my timer, what is the Makar for understanding that it happened in 15 months? Because it says in the Pasuk, in Yoel, but it's in Gilu that they will rejoice and be misameh with Hashem. The Lashem of Simcha is going on bringing a carbon, which is the carbon Aimah. Because Akash Baruch brought down Geshem at the first month, which of course was Nisan. The Pasuk says that which is a Lashem that's plural, and it would seem that it would take two months to grow a new crop. And the Gemara answers because it just means that every single month they'll be able to have a new crop. So the Lashon Rabbim is not going on how long it takes, but it's going on how many crops you can have. The Gemara continues, it says in the Pasuk about Leil Lashufa, and its leaf will actually be for a trufa. Now, the Lashon Trufa generally means healing. Rabbi will learn it from the Lashon of Taref Nasan Lireyev, or Lashon Hachifeni Lechem Chuki, which is referring to food. That from this leaf, you'll be able to suck it out and have food. Usraf because Lashon of Taref means Lashon of food. Rabbi Shmuel, they use it like the standard Lashon that the Lashon Trufa means healing and therefore they say that that will actually open you up and you'll be able to eat even though you didn't have a Geshmak to eat beforehand now it'll be much better to have an appetite and one of them meaning between Rav and Shmuel one of them says it's coming and it's going to be such a good healing that it's going to open your lower mouth which means if someone is constipated it'll open them up one says it's going to come and it'll be such a good thing that people that are cars that are women that can't have children will have children that one says that it's going to come and the people that will eat it even if they were mute before they will now be able to speak and the Gemara continues in our Mishnah we mentioned and on the north side we also had four gates and the first gate that the Mishnah mentioned was now why was it called the Mishnah said when Yechanya who was also 
also called Yoyachin, was actually sent to Galt by Nebuchadnezzar together with the Cherish Maskal, which referred to all of the great people that were in Eretz Yisrael at that time, and he forced them out into Galt. And at that point, Nebuchadnezzar actually put into his place Sidkio, as we learned yesterday. And the Gemara tells us the story. I might say, when Nebuchadnezzar came to Eretz Yisrael, he went to the walls and the outskirts of Antochia. And the Sanhedrin came out to greet him, and they said to him, He gives man a did you come here to destroy the base of Migdash? Amalani told him, I'm not here right now to destroy the base of Migdash. I'm put in place this person, Yechanya, and I want to now take him away from you. And then I'm going to go and not going to bother the base of Migdash. Then they came to Yechanya, or Yechanya, who is the king of Yehuda. Nebuchadnezzar wants you. And then in the past, we were all faithful to you, and therefore you gave us the key to watch over the base of Mikdash. However, now that we're not in Amarim, therefore we're going to give you back the keys. So train Amarim. One says he threw him up to the sky, and they actually never came down, that gravity didn't work, they stayed up in Shemayim. And one said that a Yad came down from Shemayim and took him from his hand and accepted it. And Kivan Shiro, Chari Hudakain, and we turned to Yudzayin and Beis, Olorish Kagusayim, and Naflu Omeisai, that once the people that were the Hashum in Eretz saw what happened, then they went up to the tops of their rooftops, and they jumped down, and they died, and they were Miyayish from the ability to do tshuva, and they were Ma'abed Atmonadas, Hadaud Chsiv, and that's why it says in the Pasuk, Masagay Chizayim, Maloch Eifa, Kielis, Kulach Legagos, Teshuas Malea, Iramia. So you see in that Pasuk that they went up to the Gagos, and that in the Pasuk actually says that these people didn't die by the sword, they didn't die through Muhammad, but actually they jumped off of the rooftops. We continue with Halacha Gimel. There were 13 Shulchanes in the base of Migdash. That there were eight that was made of marble, and they were in the area where it was the butcher area, where the Kayanim would cut open the animals and clean them out from the insides after the Shrita. And there were two on the west side of the ramp. One was a marble, and the Echel Shokesev, one was of silver. Al Shoshais Nisan Savarim, on the one of Shais of marble, they would place their limbs. Al Shokesev, Kleshars, on the silver one, they would place Kleshars. The reason why they used Shais was because Shais stays very cold, and therefore the meat would not start spoiling. And that's why they didn't use silver or gold for any of the meat, because of course metal conducts heat very well, and the heat of the sun will heat them up, and then it will actually start the process of becoming spoiled. There were also two in the Ulam, and they were at the opening of the Bayes, which we know that the area of the Ulam is between the Azara and the Kaidish and the Hechel, and that was called the Ulam, which was a wide area, that that was the area that led into, it was like almost a hallway that led into the Kaidish. One was marble, one was gold. They would place the Lechem Apanim on the marble table on their way into the base of English, on the way into the Kaidish, in order to place them onto the actual Shulchan, they would place them on the marble table before they actually proceed inside and then at the end of the week when they removed the lechem from the shulchan they brought them out to go and split them between the kainim 
they placed it on a gold table, as since originally when you were going in, you used a marble table, therefore on the way out, we go up in Kedusha and we only put it on gold. And the reason, of course, that it can't be on silver, even though it was originally marble, the her go up one madriga and go to silver, because the entire week, the Lechem upon him sat on the Shulchan, which was in the Kedush, which of course was made out of gold. And therefore, of course, you have to go from gold to gold, and you can't go lower because Milam Kedush for Lemuridan. Now, what is the reason that you needed these tables outside? So it's explained the reason why on the way in you needed is in order to rest, and on the way out of the Kedush, after you took it off on the next Shabbos, was because even though you took it off of the Shulchan, you weren't able to eat the Lechem upon him until you were Maktir, the Bezich Levina, on the Mizbech, and therefore you put it there until it was Mutter Ba'achila. And we begin the Gemara. We said in the Mishnah that on the way into the Kedush, in order to place the Lechem upon him on the Shulchan, they placed it on a table that was made of marble. But the Gemara says that this Shulchan that was in the Ulam, Tani Al Shalkesef, that was actually silver and not marble. Rabbi Yesu, B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel, Bar Rabbi Yitzchok, Rabbi Chanani, Mutter, Bar B'Shem Rabbi Yechran, Les Kan Shalkesef was not made of silver, it was actually only made of marble. We place you Masiach, because if it was made of silver which conducts heat, it would become too hot and it would potentially ruin the Lechem. The Gemara is, what's the point? Why couldn't it be made of silver? Loichen Tani, didn't we learn? Ze'echem in Yisim Shinasim Beisim Mikdash, Shechashem that just like we placed the lechem upon him on the shulchan when it was hot, it stayed hot the entire week and it didn't become moldy. Shenema, as it says in the pasuk, lasum lechem cham biyomi lachai. So you see from there that the lechem had nisim that happened here. So therefore, lachayra, they could have placed it on a silver shulchan and nothing would have happened. So why do they have to worry and be so careful to place it on a marble shulchan? Then we don't rely on nisim, and that's why we lift it on a marble shulchan. Now, two quick points. First of all, on the way out, they did place it on a gold shulchan, but that's because it was only going to be there for a moment. They're going to be eating it right away, right afterwards, and therefore it wouldn't get moldy. And number two, the question is, the whole entire week, it was on the shulchan of Zab, and we did rely on Nisim. So either we could explain that that's exactly the Torah Lemaise says it has to be a shulchan of Zab, and number two, Lemaise, that was Bishas the mitzvah itself. And at that point, we are saying on Nisim. The Gemara continues, they asked the following in front of Rabbi Ila, let's say they didn't have an ability to make lechem upon him the next week. Can you leave the prior lechem upon him on the shulchan for an additional week? Or do we say that you can't leave it there because there's a psalolina? Since the Torah says you have to take it off every week, if you don't take it off, it will become possibleina. On the line, he responded to us, it says in the apostle, that we learn from the apostle that it says it should be there constantly and consistently, that it should be lechem upon him, even if the lechem upon him were possible. And over here for sure, since the lechem upon him were kosher, just that there's a potential soul of lina, that for sure is not a problem, and you would leave it there until you have new lechem upon him. The Gemara continues, even though we said there were 13 shulchanis in the base of Megdush, but Asar shulchanis Asher Shlomo, Shlomo Melch actually made 10 shulchanis, which he placed within the Kaidish together with the shulchan. So therefore, instead of 13 shulchanis, they actually had 23 shulchanis. The Chesim says in the Pasuk, Vyash shulchanis Asara, they made 10 shulchanis, Vyanak Behechel, and he left it in the Hechel, Chamisha Miyamin, Chamisha Mismal, there were five on the right and five on the left. Now, in Tema, Chamisha Bedarim, Vehe Bitzavin, Valo in a Shulchan Kasha El Bitzavin, how can you say there were five on the south and five on the north? But the Maisa, we know the Shulchan is only Kasha when it's in the north. Shinamit says in the Pasuk, Vesa Shulchan Titon at Sal Safin, that the Shulchan has to be on the side at Safin, Matam Alev, Chamisha Miyamin, Chamisha Mismal, and therefore, if you're going to say this, what does Shlomo Melch mean when it says in the Pasuk, there were five on the right and five on the left? El Chamisha Miyamin Shulchan Ishal Maisha, there were five on the right of the Shulchan Maisha, Vichamisha Mismala, and there were five other ones that were to the left of Maishas, but they were all on the north side of the base of Middash. Avabikain, 
even so, don't think that because they had 10 shulchanis, they also had an additional 120 loaves of bread. They actually only had 10 alechma upon him, and the other shulchanis were actually empty. Shinema, as it says in the passage, as a shulchan, asha all of lechem upon him. The shulchan, it's only singular that had the lechem upon him on it. Rabbi Yitzhi, Rabbi Yehuda, Oimeh, Al-Kul Hanimisad, he actually placed the lechem upon him on all of them. Shinema, as it says in the passage, Lashin Rabbin, as a shulchanis, alayim lechem upon him, that the shulchanis, which had on them the lechem upon him, and of course, that's the Lashin Rabbin, it's plural, and the fear of Yitzhi, Rabbi Yehuda, aside from the 12 lechem upon him, that they had a Moshe Rabbeinu shulchan, they also had an additional 120 lechem upon him, which were on the 10 shulchanis of Shlomo, and we will stop over here.